Welcome to Afterlives of Ancient Egypt, in which we discuss ancient history and relevant current events. I'm Kara Cooney, and I love to take deep dives into history that are not always possible in academic formats. So, let's get started. Hello. Hey, Gordo. How are you doing? I'm sick. You are sick. I'm, I have a sinus infection, which before that was bronchitis, which before that was some viral scourge that I caught. But not COVID, not the children, not COVID. Something else. The PCR test twice came up negative for COVID, mm -hmm. which is very exciting. But um, yeah, the coffins are trying to kill me. Yeah, and you're also very busy. So, so you don't busy. have time to rest and I don't recover. don't have time to rest. I keep working on this book. I keep trying to sneak in the, you know, the work on the book and in, in hours in the day that yeah. are meant for sleep or other things. And it's just... So I'm okay, but recovering. Yeah, I'm recovering. I'm gonna progress. get better. I'm gonna get better. No, so you sound yeah. better, but I was I was out for sound. like three weeks. I know you were. It was crazy. We had to postpone engagements and podcasts to be on Zoom. Yeah, and yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, but so, I'm gonna come back. We're back. Yeah, back in person. You're back at it. Um, so today we're doing the second part of traveling to Egypt. Which is so Our important. travel guide. There's so much to say. There's so much to say. We definitely did not cover things. We forgot some things in the last episode that mm -hmm. we were kindly reminded about from our loved ones mm -hmm. that we'll cover today. Um, so this will be our part two. And then possibly we'll do a part three in the future. Yeah. Um, of other things we didn't cover. Maybe updates. Maybe, you know, once the gem opens or things mm -hmm. like this, we can do um some updates or once we go back mm -hmm. in the future as well i've heard it's extraordinarily crowded the gem egypt. or egypt in general tourist yeah. spots in it's egypt good, though. are extraordinarily crowded it was being there in december was the most crowded it's been wow. in a while wow. like in the valley and stuff yeah. the only you know it's very they have their set itineraries so they go hatsapsha the valley mm -hmm. Some of the mortuary temples, but so if you go to other places that you then it's aren't dead, then it's no dead. one's there. Yeah, you have it to yourself, like mm -hmm. Dero Medina. No one. Dero Medina, Medina, the nobles' tombs, the Valley of the Queens was less populated too. Oh wow! People were just going to see Nefer Nefertari, and then that was it. Uh. So you definitely can avoid things if you don't want to bump into a bunch of tourists. But today we're going to cover what to wear, what okay. to bring. Okay. You know, cell phones, money, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah over things we forgot from the last episode okay and then maybe touch upon some other places we want to visit because last episode we talked about just mainly cairo and uh luxor and we were criticized for only mm -hmm. talking about ancient things yes. to see rather than medieval or even modern things to see yeah which is valid mm -hmm. right so i did put some of those in the Substack. yeah um some like islamic cairo and stuff right. like this um of places the issue is i don't know them as well. Right. Um, I've never been to like really see a lot of medieval Cairo because we just haven't had the time. When you only have um, limited amounts of time, you go to the places you need to see and then everything else suffers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we can talk about some other places that we've been. I don't want to talk about places that we haven't personally been because um, I don't want to endorse things if I haven't experienced mm -hmm. it myself. Mm -hmm. But we can talk about some other places or maybe close friends have been to things. Um, yeah, so I think that will be a good agenda. Okay, for so, today. so we jump in with what to wear. So we jump in with what to wear. Okay. Um, I mean, well, let me give my favorite like suitcase ensemble, mm -hmm. and then you tell me what you do. I I'm moving more and more 
well, I'll have my desert outfits, um, <laughs> the things that will get dusty and dirty. Mm-hmm. And that's a separate pile. Yep. And then I have my, I'm going to hang out with friends and yep. Kyrene's dress up, you know, mm-hmm. they look nice. So I have my outfits with friends. I'll bring maybe one dress, mm-hmm. probably mid-length mm-hmm. dress. Like t- um, T-length. Yeah, T-length. That's fine. Midi dress. Um Generally with sleeves, but you know, not always. Yeah. And, and I might, if I have something without sleeves, I'll have a wrap yeah. on top or something like that. Um, but one gray dress, black dress, yeah. you know, something very basic. Um, that you, And then you'll always be buying scarves there of mm-hmm. different colors so you can make it different. And one pair of nice like flats that mm-hmm. could go with the dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I could also wear with like short pants or something yeah. like that. You could get away good. with like a cute pair of sneakers too, like white sneaks. You with could. The dress, with yeah. The cute. Oh, my company. Because you're in Fuchsia. a city. Fuchsia makes like a crossover yeah. sneaker yeah. slash ballet. Yeah, like a slide on. Like a and slide. And I love yeah. those. Like I've, I've been traveling mm-hmm. with those a lot and they're the best. Yeah. And, and then I'll have like a pair of nicer, like, like, you know, kind of capris or, or something and a pair of nicer jeans, like, yeah, a, like dark a crop jean. jean or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, like five tops that can be dressed up or down mm-hmm. always knit for me always yep. knit i never do button down but that's yeah and you've been doing wool i've been doing wool a lot have you tried wool in egypt um i have okay and i have this one dress that's a it's actually knee length it's a little short but i wore it with leggings last mm-hmm. time and it has no sleeves but then i would put on like a little um like open cardigan mm-hmm. kind of thing like a looser and yeah. And that was perfect. Yeah. It was, I think, November when I was there. So it was a little cooler. Mm-hmm. But I wore that with boots. I, I bring boots a lot, like yep. a simple, tall pair of black boots. That's really nice for Egypt. That's nice. Because there's, you know, like wearing like open-toed shoes can sometimes get you, you know, it's dusty. Mm-hmm. So your feet get a little dusty mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it helps to have a clo- closed-toed shoe. I yeah. still wear sandals because I just don't care. But yeah. but it's something to think about. Like I wouldn't wear Tevas or anything like that in I, I wouldn't. You just, it's just sandy. And, and like, it's rocky. And it's it's a rocky, kind of sand. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe if you were just like hanging out in the cafe in the mm-hmm. city or something, like you can just wear normal clothes. Yeah. But and if I'm really going to be trekking in the desert, I'll wear hiking boots. I'll yes. bring those. Yeah. But if I'm not, then just I'll just bring a simple pair of sneakers and not worry mm-hmm. about it too much. And, and jeans will be my, you know, my out in the desert outfits and just know that you can get laundry done at, yeah. at almost every hotel, hotel well, yeah. for not too much money. Mm-mm. So it's, you can bring less rather than more. And so, and you also don't want to be that tourist who's like wearing solely like weird hiking clothes and you like really dressed don't up want to look like, like they're you looking came out of REI. Yeah. And you're like on expedition or something. And somewhere. you've got those pants that like you can unzip like, into shorts. And like it goes whoosh, 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 as you move them. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. don't be that person. Yeah. You don't need those. With Nowhere the, are you going to be going that is that hat rugged. That has flaps down yes, onto to the like sides protect of your face. You. I mean you're gonna need a good hat. Yeah. But hat, sunscreen, we'll yeah. go into that later. But like yeah. You can just wear normal clothes. Yeah, you can Nothing you're doing clothes. is that, like, rugged or far away from, like, amenities that you really need, like, yeah. all these things. If you go in winter, Egypt gets cold. Yes. So bring you a need nice layers. wool, a, like, a thin wool sweater should do it mm-hmm. um, if it's real wool. And I love Wool X and Wool E. Mm-hmm. They have these T-shirts that you can wear summer or winter, and they have lightweight, midweight, heavyweight, mm-hmm. and long sleeve or short sleeve, and you can get... I get 
three of those, I don't have to do laundry. Yep. Because they don't get stinky. it doesn't get stinky the way cotton does. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't keep all your sweat. So yep. it's it's that really works. nice. That's super good for traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Layers, I think, are important because mm-hmm. it will be chilly in the morning, chillier once the sun goes down. So mm-hmm. a t-shirt and a button up or some type of pullover or something. Bring a bathing suit in case you're at a fancy pool. Bathing suit if you're if you at a pool. you go to a nice hotel, you're oh, going to yeah. miss that. And it's... Or a lot of the hotels are also spas, mm-hmm. and so having yeah, a bathing suit is great. Um, I always just end up kind of wearing like a looser pant, just because tight pants end up making you even like leggings and stuff really make you hot. Women wear tight pants. I know, but I meant if we're like out doing stuff, I get really hot and I yeah. don't like tight. So like a looser pant, like linen pants are always really nice, yeah. or like a looser khaki mm-hmm. or something like this. Do you know what I end up um, doing? I do like tighter pants but then I wear a tunic a lo- yeah a lot like a Longer really top. long tunic like yeah. I'll go to Target and I'll buy something in extra large mm-hmm. that is going to cover beyond my butt yeah. which is a very Egyptian Kyrene w- yes. female thing to do and then you you've kind of created your little tent mm-hmm. but you can have your close fitting pants underneath yep. or leggings mm-hmm. and that's a super yeah, comfy totally way fine. of traveling around and so I think I'm sure you get this too, but I always get questions like, oh, do you have to wear a headscarf? Or like, do you have to cover up a bunch? And yeah. like, especially for like more women, you know, associated clothing. And so, no, you don't have to wear a headscarf. Anyone has to Unless you're going into they, a mosque. If they go into a mosque. So if yeah. a guy's wearing shorts, which I would advise guys in Egypt not to do. Most Egyptian men you do stick not out wear like shorts. A You'll look like Same a tourist. Same in like Europe. People yeah. don't wear shorts. I, I wouldn't do the shorts. So, so leave the shorts at home. Maybe you could have it one pair for in the hotel or by the pool yeah. or something like that. That's fine. Um, but if you're going to do shorts like the hut, get something that does double purpose. Get a swimsuit that can also be mm-hmm. shorts. You know, nice um, Hawaiian style swimsuit retailers will but, get, get you that. But one of the things too is what you don't realize is actually being more covered up. You stay cooler. Yeah. Because it's protecting your skin yeah. from the very harsh sun. Yeah. And you think this is counterintuitive, like, oh, more clothing, I'll be hotter, but it's actually not. And then you have to put on sunscreen a lot yeah. less, you know, wearing a long sleeve shirt or like, a, you know, UV. Oh, when I go to summer, I've something. always got a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. On. And I have a side of my closet that's got all these extra large yep. oversized Bigger, t-shirts. Bigger, looser, so you can get some airflow. A lot of cotton. I still wear cotton yeah. because it's nice to, you know, when you're out with that nice loose cotton t-shirt, mm-hmm. that's great. That, I, that had, I, really uh, like. I got a, a linen button up like mm-hmm. white linen button up to just put That's over nice. stuff and you has a collar so you yeah. can like shield your neck and stuff and that was perfect yeah and linen doesn't get stinky either like you can wear it for i do often actors. bring one button down it's true. yeah it's true but like a yeah. little light jacket in a way but you yeah. think it's counterintuitive like oh the less clothing i'll have on is i'll actually be cooler but it's it's really not yeah wearing just like looser you know more coverage actually keeps you cooler. You need a good pair of sunglasses. Good pair of sunglasses, of it's course. It's hard to get decent sunglasses. In yeah, Egypt. I mean, you can get like the like souvenir kind of crappy yeah, ones like yeah. at any of the little places. But if you are particular, yeah, you want to bring yours. Maybe bring a spare. But you can buy stuff there. It's not the end of the world. I will say that like if you do want to wear shorts or whatever, no, nothing's going to happen to you. No. You yeah. can wear those things. It's not you, like... You will be approached as some... As a tourist, as a super tourist, buy more stuff. yeah. That's so if all. you want to blend as much as possible, being a little bit more conservatively dressed, I think helps. But if you want to dress like however you want to dress, that also that nothing will happen to you. You're not going to be like accosted mm-hmm. or 
or anything like that. You know, and, you see and it. And don't the, we always have scarves around our necks? Always have helpful always. scarves. Always. Because then if you're if you're in a really sunny place and you have a hat, you can put that scarf uh -huh. over your hat and kind of create a little tent. Yeah, after being out all day, mm -hmm. you know, no matter how much sunscreen you put on, sometimes you need like a physical barrier yeah. between your skin and the sun. Yeah. And, you know, a scarf is multi-purpose. Multi yeah. It's good if it gets dusty. It's good to mop up your sweat with. Mm -hmm. It has a, it's a multi-purpose object. <laughs> and I think I usually do two pairs of shoes, maybe three. I'll bring a flip-flop. I'll bring For like a around flat, the house. Yep. like a ballet flat. And then I'll bring a boot slash crossover kind of yeah some sneaker shoe type of thing yeah maybe a nicer flat if you're going like just to go out to dinner yeah. or things like that and you and could then, jackie chan this do you know the jackie yeah. chan story no jackie chan when he travels anywhere he always brings just two pairs of underwear and he washes oh, one in, in the sink and wears the other and that's just there's always going to be a pair of underwear hanging there i've done this and if you're really trying to go light yeah, it's I mean, actually it good and they make wool underwear which dries in two seconds. And what soap do you travel with if you're going to do laundry in the Dr. sink? Dr. Bronner's. Dr. Bronner's. You want your Dr. Bronner's. <laughs> that's what I bring. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it gets yeah. everything out. It's the best soap. Oh, and you can use that as body wash, too. Yeah. It's a So everyone who couldn't see Jordan's face, let me tell you, when I said Jackie Chan and two pairs of underwear, the look on her face was like, oh, my God, gross. But, like, Jackie Chan's, like, he can afford a carry of or, like, a checked bag. could, but he wants bag. to be light and just carry his own stuff. I, I, I'm gonna, I carry I'm gonna on say, to Egypt. I carry on to Egypt. I check. Oh, no. I carry on because I, I do don't want to lose my I luggage. I do both. Usually. Because mm -hmm. I'm usually going there for like three weeks. Okay, yes. And then I'll do both. But yeah. I always make sure I've never that if went I'm checking short... that I have a suitcase or a bag I always, on the plane yes, with like my two outfits that has oh, of my, you know, all your meds, all, the most necessary things. All your necessaries. And a change of clothes. Bring two clothing. outfits with yes. you just in case because we mm -hmm. all, there's always someone whose bags get lost. Always. Like Kylie, mm -hmm. the last time we were there, and she was wearing like she had to go to the, the souk in the thing and buy one of the tunics there. Oh my god! And she only had a pair of leggings. Oh my god! And then Jonathan was like, "Oh, you can borrow my pants." That's so funny. <laughs> but yes, always bring extra clothes in your carry-on. Okay, anything else to wear? I'm trying to think. Um, anything for men, women specific? I mean, men, you know, nice. men you can get away. You can just, I feel like, dress very normal, like chino type pants but, and yeah, chinos, yeah, and and t-shirts. Good. It's so easy. It's so easy to be a guy. Yeah, hats. One sweater. Sunglasses. Yeah, I definitely want to bring layers because it does get chilly. And the jacket, you know, the mm -hmm. jacket you bring. That's not easy, is it? Like a light jacket. It's not easy because it like it never rains. No, but it can get windy. Mm -hmm. So you kind of want a windbreaker kind of thing, um, mm -hmm. but you don't want to look like a tourist again. And the jacket can be that dead giveaway mm -hmm. of hello tourist here. I had like a Patagonia kind of fleecy zip up. Yeah, that was a good kind of multi-purpose, and it doesn't take up that much room in your in your um, luggage. I, I always have one long cardigan. Yeah, you could bring a sweater and then or like, like a, sweatshirt. a sweater cardigan, and then like I bring. Sweatshirt like another jacket that mm -hmm. is a windbreaker kind of thing that's more sporty or something. Yeah. And then cool. I never wear the sport. When we went out most <laughs> nights and we were there in December, I just had like a thicker scarf, like a big yeah, kind of works. more shawl yeah. type thing. And that's yeah. what I brought most places when yeah. we went out to dinner. Cause I was like, I don't want to bring my. The men in Egypt in the more traditional places with their galabea, mm -hmm. they wear these thick wool scarves that are like mm -hmm. three feet long. And it's like a blanket, like two feet wide or one foot wide mm -hmm. and maybe a little more, a foot and a half. And and they're thick wool. And you carry one of those around. They you'll wrap be it around set. their head. And yeah. 
Yeah, it keeps you warm. It's it's really nice. It's really nice. Um, and now what else to bring? I'm trying to think we did footwear. I really like, I mean, you can bring hiking shoes, but I really like the, you know, the shorter hiking shoe. That's mm -hmm. more like a normal sneaker. Mm -hmm. In most cases, you're not going to need the full like ankle, you know, unless you have ankle or knee issues and you want to have a more supportive shoe, like that's fine. But and I usually bring like you don't. You, you know. can do sock liners and then wool socks. Mm -hmm. That works well because mm -hmm. then you I just like wool wash socks. the wool yeah. liners and then the wool socks, you just keep rotating those things out. It's fine. Yeah. Anything. Um, oh my God, I bring so much when back, it comes like to healthcare. Like a small backpack. Do we go into healthcare? We're, we're about to go into oh. all the other stuff now. Oh yeah. So goodness. what else do you bring? I bring so much. I bring a whole apothecary set. Yes. Because as the world knows, I am a sensitive little flower who, <laughs> when the outside food touches her or outside viruses or whatever, I will immediately get it. And and because I'm always that person that gets sick first, I'm always trying to to get ahead of it so that I don't inconvenience everyone and slow everyone down and I'm the sick one. So I bring, um, I, ha I have a Tibetan doctor who has all these little pills. Mm -hmm. And so I have pills for digestion. I have pills against viral stuff. I have pills that act as an antibiotic if you get like a lung infection. Mm -hmm. So I have all my little herbs. Yeah, you want to bring anything that you think you might need. I have a so whole apothecary of herbs and I bring essential oils. Yes. yes. Um, oregano oil. Insect. I swear by it. And oh, once yeah, for, I yeah. was able mm -hmm. to cure a virus that was knocking everyone down on the trip when we went mm -hmm. in 2019. Mm -hmm. And I just put that oregano, like I put it into a bottle of water and just sipped that all day mm -hmm. and made it strong enough for me to taste. And it kills stuff. It's it antiviral, anti antibacterial. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. amazing. So make sure you bring one or two bottles of oregano essential oil. It's a cure-all. You won't like the taste. But yeah, so you want to bring things that for tummy or digestion mm -hmm. issues, right? Tums, Pepto, yeah, whatever yeah. you're you're using, you want to bring, because that's probably, you know, it's a known thing that's, you know, you're changing locales. This happens anytime you go to a new place. Mm -hmm. Traveling and having jet lag also just upsets your yeah. cycle. So maybe yeah. having, you know, a little stool softener or something even, or or um, like some fiber pills you bring with you. Good idea, Amber's laughing. It's so true you, though. Huh? Kara doesn't like to talk about I, poop, but, you but have to talk about this poop with happens Egypt. to me every time I travel. So every time I go, everyone to Egypt, knows. I get sick. Everyone, every time. you get sick, I get constipated, and I look like I'm like eight months pregnant. And really? everyone, like anytime I travel, sorry TMI podcast world, but, but like this is important information. This is, I get like the little fiber fiber it. gummy bears I bring with me, and that helps. Yes, and I, I need to. I get so. Kind of it was like a it joke. Sounds strangely awesome compared to my situation. No, because then I look like pregnant and I feel like I'm about to pop. Yeah, but you're in more control is what I'm saying. As oh, human yes. Being walking that's, fair, the that's world, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I'm not having the control. other problem. That's fair. But I feel disgusting and so full and... Let us just quickly give... So you want things to do both, you a know? Quick, a quick <laughs> caution against Imodium products. Yes, you don't use Imodium unless you have to. Unless you really have to because you're for keeping you. the bacteria yes. in your body that should be coming out. And so, like it can make you dehydrate, you know, it, it like they can, can mess F you yeah. up. So of course, maybe have it because if you're like, I don't know, you have to get on an airplane mm -hmm. and you like need to control things. Mm -hmm. There is a purpose, but there's also you know, Pepto is always remember that Egyptian pharmacies are badass. Yes, and they're they're staffed by very skilled pharmacists, mm -hmm. and you who can, can give things that are pharmaceutical. They grade can prescribe you things without on the cure. a prescription. Yeah. They can they can make that call right. So then you can and easily there. go to them. They all know English. Yeah, and you can go to them, tell them your problem. Mm -hmm. And I've been to an Egyptian pharmacy for really bad bug bites and stuff, mm -hmm. and they gave me 
you know, good anti-itch stuff. And I have a Tibetan cream that's brilliant with bug your bites. Your Tibetan cream does it's, work really well. It does. And it's by a brand named Sorig, S-O-R-I-G. And it's mm. a little green tub. Mm-hmm. And it I think makes they them sell like it go away like instantly. Balm and yeah. So look up Sorig, S O R I G Balm, B A L M. And um, but it does like instantly make yeah, them go away. It's the bug bites go away mm-hmm. and it's it, it's great. Oh, once I got sand fleas in my bed yeah. in the dig house at Dashur at Lisht. Hopefully this and happened. and I got a lavender blend essential oil. Yes. Gone. Yeah. So certain Gone. essential oils better with bugs. Yeah. Getting rid of bugs and stuff. Yeah. A lot of a mosquitoes. little essential oil like Heal Book mm-hmm. and like a little kit of like six different ones can be invaluable if you if that's your jam. Yeah. If you're not and you're more of a pharmaceutical type person, fine, then bring the stuff that works. Yeah. When and I'm you tired can... and I'm jet laggy and I'm at a conference and I'm about to fall asleep, mm-hmm. I have this oil that has a peppermint blend. Oh, like a little wakey uppy. I put on my temples and mm-hmm. the base of my neck and I'm awake. I feel much more awake and that helps me. For jet lag? Two, we've been using melatonin. Mm-hmm. Um, and last time, the last two times we traveled, we've been taking melatonin on the way there and on the way return. And mm. I have not and had I just jet lag issues somehow. Americans in particular overdose on melatonin. I've never used it before. Well, you're not supposed to do more than three milligrams, I think. Oh, and yeah. I think mine was like one. The small, you want to do like yeah. a one milligram and the smaller amount works better. And if you take more than you need, mm. you'll get a headache and you uh, will not sleep. Yeah, I've only, they sell these like little gummies that are for sleep. Yeah. And I just take one, which I think it's like one milligram, like an hour before I want to fall asleep. Yeah. Traveling, traveled. Yeah. And then I sleep through the night. So, and then like the next day I wake up and I'm like perfectly adjusted. I and then I do it. And then I do it on the same, on the way back. So, so far that helps. So like, and there's, um, there were some articles I read, like when to take it, right. like from some like sleep doctors about like jet lag and traveling and like when to take the melatonin okay. to fall asleep. And I was trying to follow them. Okay. I'm a little more hardcore but, and I'll tell the listeners what I do. I, I, melatonin doesn't really work for me. So, and, and I also have other issues. So I have this thing. I went into my local herbal place mm-hmm. and I'm like, what acts like a pharmaceutical for sleep, but isn't. Mm-hmm. And they gave me this thing called Sleep Optimizer mm-hmm. made by a company named Jaro, J-A-R-R-O-W. Mm-hmm. And it works gangbusters. Is it like valerian or something? It has valerian yeah. in it and passion flower. See, but if you're on certain, note to listeners, if you're on certain... Um, SSRIs. You can't take those things. Thing. So do yeah. look up for interactions because a lot of the over-the-counter herbals yeah. are very potent. Oh, but and I, so you can't take like St. John's wort or valerian yeah, made me true. feel It'll very interact. weird. And interact. So do do look up these things yeah. or consult your doctor. And... But I take my sleep optimizer on the plane. Mm-hmm. I take four of helps. them after my meal. You go, and then I and then I fall asleep. I've also taken, really you know, NyQuil or here or there and that yeah. one. Or Benadryl. Benadryls make me fall asleep like nobody's business. So oh, wow. I don't do the real pharmaceuticals. I'm all the no. herbal jazz. I just you know? I do over the counter. Or like even um What's the motion sickness medicine? Oh my God, Dramamine. Dramamine makes me sleepy, sleepy. Dramamine makes me vomit. Oh. Somebody gave me, this is why I don't do pharmaceuticals, Jordan. There's a reason, because everything that I take makes no. me vomit. And no one needs to see me vomit any more than others already have. So, yeah. okay, then, like, yeah, I, I took a Dramamine once, but somebody's like, this will help you. And and within two minutes, I'm like, I, I was on a plane. Oh. I had to immediately go to the plane bathroom oh, no. and vomit. And it was very violent and, you and do, horrible. You do a glass of wine. This is why I can't take And codeine, my Dramamine. And morphine, then I fall asleep. Codeine it, is weird. Any of it. I vomit. Okay, so. I would be a very poor drug addict. Dabble so. in your whatever types of things you think you my need. Herbal things. Make sure if you have prescriptions that you get, you know, dosing. Because 
getting a prescription filled in Egypt from your American mm -hmm. probably would be very difficult. Mm -hmm. So bring things if you're going to be there for extended periods of time. You know, bring anything with you that you think you're going to need. And you I have prescription contacts that are disposable, yes. like I do a daily. Bring all of those with you. Make sure you've got that. Don't forget that. Maybe bring extras. Mm -hmm. You know, I often bring an extra pair of eyeglasses just in yes, case. Yes, because you don't want to like Ever break. Ever since my car accident, where I was blind for two weeks because I didn't have an alternative yep. seeing device, um, bring those I bring extra an extra things. pair of glasses. Yeah. For the menstruating folks out yeah. there, you tampons are not existent in Egypt yeah. and if so you want those you have to bring them with you yeah if you want to use your like diva cup or whatever I, thing bring what those I with do. you yeah. pads then you never lose it pads you can out. find easily at diva any grocery cup, store you pharmacy. learn how to do it and it takes skill to so learn I actually how to do that we can maybe cut this because I don't okay. know if it's gonna be TTMI but, you, but when you do the diva cup you never are without it so yeah bring any condoms too yes i don't even know where to get condoms in egypt bring your own condoms i'm sure they're i'm sure somewhere. they're at the pharmacy mm -hmm. um but you know bring your own it's probably a good idea yeah um okay sunscreen sunscreen you yes have to talk about sunscreen this so important. i take this very seriously yes kara is a big i'm a sun, big sun health because well, again like if i vomit from taking pharmaceuticals the sun touches me and i immediately turn beet red and have a third degree burn so yes well, i have and it's, to it's good no, we shouldn't be it's getting. It's just good to yeah, have sunscreen. Good to have sunscreen. Anyway. So I use a nice fancy sunscreen from um, Trina Renea. You can look her up. I um, love her sun. So her sunscreen's it's great. great. So I good. actually get. I'm very sensitive to sunscreens, and I get rashes from yeah. a lot of them. And hers doesn't feel like you have sunscreen on. Yeah. It's also a face moisturizer in sunscreen in one. It smells Wait, or really she has nice. the primer one. Yes. Which yeah. also I wear that out in Egypt. I'm I like, have the sun smoothie works. one. And it's all mineral. And it smells so nice. I and it's love all mineral. The sun smoothie. Yeah. That's really good. And then I also bring with me, and I have it with me at all times because who wants to put goopy sunscreen on? later on in the day when you're covered in sand and dirt. Yes. No one. Yes. And then, you and then you don't do it and then you burn. Yep. So what do you do? You have this thing from Color Science, you have the... which is a little brush, which mm -hmm. is a mineral powder that just applies onto your... You your, just dust it on. I put it on my hands. Mm -hmm. I put it on my face. I put it on the back of my neck. Yep. And, and, and you don't want to miss those spots that you... Exactly. Maybe the top of your feet if your feet are exposed. Mm -hmm. But make sure you apply it outside because if you breathe it in, it's not oh, good for your yeah, lungs. Uh, it's yeah. tiny particles. So titanium, yeah. But that stuff is gold. I use um a um Sarah V one that's pretty inexpensive, you oh, know, okay. over the counter. Yeah. And it's a powder one? Um uh, no, it's a like it's a very like light kind of watery toner. Oh, okay. And so it feels like nothing you're yeah. putting on. It's very like cause I hate the ones that feel like like, like you have so a mask goofy. on and then you start sweating yeah. and it's like what? Yeah. And then it dribbles in your eye and then it burns yeah. in your eyeball yeah. with your contacts and stuff. Yeah. So this one I found I very much like. So we can put these in the Substack. Our, our these sun, are my go-to Our brands, sunscreen recommendations. Right? Absolutely. But yeah, Absolutely. always, you know, have a hat. You bring an umbrella too. I bring an umbrella and I walk around with it unashamed. It's great. I am the over six foot lady with the umbrella and I don't give a fuck. The sun is I very strong there. Yes. And like. I mean, I'm not using it in the streets of Cairo because that's rude. No. It's, but it's like when raining, we're like around site. Yeah. But around the site out in the desert, my you umbrella is my bestie. Yeah. And I have a backpack that has a little umbrella pocket yep. and a little water bottle Yeah, having pocket. a little tiny backpack yeah. is nice. Yeah. Um, something like that to carry all your, yeah, having a reusable water bottle. Mm -hmm. One, to keep your water cold because insulated ones are great because you want you don't want tea. Did we talk about water purification? No. Yeah. We didn't. Okay. So I have these little purifiers that are the, that are the size of a water bottle. Mm -hmm. 
And when I go to Egypt for three weeks, I'll bring two of them. Yep. When I go for just one week, I just bring one. And essentially you fill it up from the sink mm-hmm. and then you push it down, put it on the floor and then push it down it's and a, it purifies the water. Yeah. It is a hard push. You, you're and, forcing it through the filter. And then I fill up my water bottle, put that in the fridge and then I do it again and I have that you other one. You do a one. transfer. Exactly. Yeah. And the reason I do this is because I want to cut down on plastic as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yes. And Egypt Number has one, a really bad overuse of plastic. There's not a recycling program and stated Not currently that we recycle here either no, i mean but, um, we just don't see it as much and as like you do there being there and like not being able to drink the water in most places you're buying a lot of plastic mm-hmm. bottles and so attempting so I try, to you know, i can't always avoid it yes but i do most days you're trying to and cut back as much. when you're when your plastic water bottle is transferred in a truck of 300 degrees or something you're getting so much plastic yes. in your water that is so bad for you. And now that they know that plastic microparticles are in all of our oh, blood, yeah. We're all just I would like to avoid that. slowly infertile. And then number three, if you if you think that all of that plastic water you're buying is actually clean and not from a tap anyway, you would be wrong. Yeah. So I like to purify my own water. It works you know really sure. well. And and I could carry that purifier around with me. Mm-hmm. Find any, and then a use water any water. Source, yeah. And then I just make it yeah. right there and then. Yeah, in most cases, like Cairo, they say it's chlorinated enough that you can drink it and stuff. <laughs> no, no, I get sick from yeah, Cairo water. I, I, get, I got I, very sick from Cairo water. I always brush my teeth with whatever the local water is. Yeah, even I in do Luxor, too. I'll but, I just but like, I'm not yeah. swallowing it. You know, yeah. you, it's a good way to introduce some of the new bacteria mm-hmm. to your body without like over stimulating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a good way to do it. But we always tend, yeah, always better to, unless you've been living there for a long time and are totally acclimated. Yeah. But I love my water time. purifier. But that's a, it's a good, nice, useful option. Yeah. It's small, option. it's, it's um, easy to use, it's not fussy. And I think I got it at REI. I'll, I'll have to look at yeah, what the brand is. Yeah, we can is. post it. Yeah. Um, or even, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's a lot of different Probably. companies that do Probably. similar things. Yeah. But um, those are good. But just having an insulated water bottle to keep your water cold. Yeah when you're walking around is nice. We also swear by having hand fans, like oh like God, like Japanese hand, fan. hand fans, yes. not like powered hand fans. Yeah. You know, when you're in a tomb that's very still and stagnant and muggy, it's really having nice a hand that. fan to just like, you know, evaporate the sweat off your mm-hmm. face, especially if you're there when it's really hot, mm-hmm. is a lifesaver. Yeah. Um, and it also, you can use it as a shade, right? Yeah. To shade your eyes if you don't have a hat or something yeah. like this, it's multi-purpose. Um, so we all have our hand fans when we go to. And a little bandana, like sweat rag bandana, kind of thing yeah, is some, nice. Yeah, sweat rag. Uh, some people use those ones that you can put in water and then like snap and mm-hmm. it keeps your neck cool. Um, what else to bring? Like when I'm working with coffins, I make sure yes. I have a bandana around my head so I'm not sweating on the pieces. Yeah, and you don't want to drip on, <laughs> on yes. the artifacts. Yeah. Yes, don't drip on the artifacts. Um, you know, I guess bring your, your cameras and things. I don't. I, I don't. bring an iPad and a phone. Yes. And they both have good cameras well, on them, enough for me, and yes. I'm done. And the new iPhones and the new f- phones in general have such good cameras, and they you don't get charged a camera fee yeah. if you're using your phone to take a picture yeah. versus if you have like a DSLR or something like this. So that's something to keep in mind. If you're bringing around your DSLR, you might get charged a fee to take photos of things. Where camera photos, aka, I mean, uh, phone photos are included usually within the ticket price. And so you can weird. take raw photos on your phone nowadays. So just oh, take in raw and then go edit it on Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Oh. So and then, you know, if you need DSLR for certain projects or something, that's fine. But you usually do need you. They charge you extra for those. I mean, you guys are always traveling with your 
laptops, yeah. right? You yeah. bring you bring full equipment. I bring my iPad, but iPads, that's just me. You know, if I wasn't doing work and I was just going to Egypt for research, I would. I mean, just for tourism, I would just probably bring my iPad yeah. and my phone. Yeah. But it's we were doing like work work. Yeah. So you need it, that. You, you know, it's helpful. Everything. But other things. So we covered. You know, bring your soap, your mm -hmm. shampoo, hair products that you, you want. want. You want shampoo. It's hard to, I found it hard you know, to they get have something like, reasonably priced that's nice. Yeah, they have like the standard brands in the grocery stores, like yeah. L'Oreal and things like this, like yeah. that are like, you know, very mass produced. But if you're looking for some type of, if you're using like some fancy thing, like bring it with you. Yeah. Bring all your skincare with you. Bring lotions. Mm -hmm. Don't think that because you're in Egypt, you're not going to want all of your skincare your, yes. stuff. Don't think you you're not going to want You can simplify it and maybe like... Yeah. yeah, like you can simplify your makeup routine. Be like, yeah. okay, I'm just gonna bring like my mascara, like concealer, and like mm -hmm. some, you know, simplify it. Sure, I don't travel around with my like hair straightener and yeah. like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And, like I'm like not doing my hair usually, but you know. And jewelry. I hope you. I shopping. always bring all my jewelry. I bring nice jewelry, mm -hmm. but not like a ton of it because I always go shopping for jewelry yes. in Egypt, and then I end up wearing that's, new things. That's this. Yeah, that's so. A, there's always lots of pretty jewelry, and jewelry is appreciated there for sure. Yeah, and I is. have like pretty earrings. So everyone's like, "Whoa, your earrings!" Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. So, um, I think we covered most things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, Dan, like, don't bring a good bra. Yes, bring you a comfy know? bra, sports, sports bras, bra. things you're okay, like, sweating mm -hmm. in and that's, I, like, comfy. I found these wonderful camisoles that have the built-in bra. Built-in bras are back. And that I just yep. live in and I love it. And my favorite company is, crap, what are they called? Um, it starts with a P. And I like True & Co. for bras because mm. they're, like, there's no wire and... It's, like, organic cotton something. Right packed? There. Yes! That's it. They sell it at Whole Foods. Yeah. I really like them. Yes, and packed. I get like, I have like four mm -hmm. of their camisoles in black. Yep. And that's, I need one, two of those yep. and I'm good. And if you're layering those under shirts, your shirts can be then more easily and reused. And Wooly and Woolex sell those in wool. Ah, so then you, you can wear them more often and Perfect. you don't, they're not cotton and it works really well too. Yeah. So. But I guess my main thing here is like you can dress like, like you do normal. Yeah. yeah. Like don't think you're going to this place and you need to dress in like all these hiking clothes or like mm -hmm. expedition clothes. Like when you're out in Cairo, like just dress like you were out in any city. Yeah. You know, like you don't need to just be normal. You don't need to, you know, change up your wardrobe for this place. Yeah. You can dress very normal. Don't show a whole lot of cleavage. Or, yes. And don't show a whole lot of leg. Yes. And that's pretty much it. Just, I, I think fairly obvious. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Otherwise you can do you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we covered what to wear, what to bring. I think we covered everything. Any yeah. last? Yeah. What to brings? I mean, the part that takes me the longest is sorting my medicinal. Yeah, I'm trying to like apothecary. Think out of when I go. obviously you need to bring um, oh my the teas. outlet things because it's a different type of outlet there. Mm -hmm. So you want to have your outlets or you know USB charger. Oh yeah. And adapters and all those types of things. And the I'm like running through the it's list the in my European head. It's charger. the European so outlet. So it's the smaller yeah. outlet. It's not the big ginormous. It's the two prong. One. Yeah, it's easy. Um, I like to bring a power strip. Yeah, it's so much easier. Because then if you have a power, strip... then you can just plug all your things into it normally. Yeah. And the power strip is just the yeah. adapter. It's yeah. really nice. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Okay. So now let's talk cell phones and money. Okay. Um. 
tell, how do you get your cell phone to I work? do the bougie way. Yes. I do the bougie <laughs> old person lazy way, which is when I'm at the airport, I go, oh shit, I have to do that. And I call up the cell phone people and I say, I'm going to Egypt. And they say, oh, we can set you up with this plan for one month. And I say, thank you. Yep. And I do it for both so you my just pay iPad for it. and my cell phone because my iPad acts as a cell phone. You have a And I just card. pay for it. Yes. And it's usually like, it's probably like $200 extra. Yes. And I just pay it. So if you don't want to spend $200, yeah. which is totally not that unreasonable for a month, yeah. actually. Yeah. Verizon has this thing where you pay for the first week, which is $10 a day. And then you get the rest of the month included. So, you know, it can end up being like 100 or something like this per device. Right. So that's why it's like 200. If you want to save a lot of money, but this is a slightly more hassle because you have to go physically do it when you're wherever you are in Egypt, right? You fly into Cairo. Once you get settled, you go to a Vodafone store or any cell phone shop, make sure to bring your passport and you walk in, you say, I want to buy a SIM card for my phone. And your phone has to be unlocked, which I think most phones are nowadays unlocked. But um, if you have Ryzen, they are all unlocked. And so you pay for, you buy like 60 gigs for like 30 bucks. Yeah. And they put the SIM card on your phone and then you just have data. You don't have cellular, so you can't be making international phone calls right. unless you're on, you're using Wi-Fi or data. And it really data. depends on what you need. Every time I'm going to Egypt, I'm leaving my son at home. Yes. I you need, need to stay to in contact. I need to be able to call me. Yes. I need, I, I've received calls in the middle of the night that I needed to answer. It was mm -hmm. the middle of the day here. Yeah. And, and so I just need that working. But if you have yeah. like iMessage and stuff, all of that uses data. So yes. you don't need cellular service, right? And it also comes with usually like a certain amount of in-country minutes. So then if you meet a taxi driver you want to keep contact with and have mm -hmm. him come pick you up somewhere to help, you know, use him as to travel around, then you can make phone calls to him via WhatsApp or whatever like that. And so it's very cost, you know, inex you know, it's very, what's the word? Effective. Cost effective, yes. And, you know, then you can use your phone as a hotspot, which is what we've done in the past yeah. where one of us bought a bunch of data and then we just hotspotted everyone. Yeah. Um, and then but I'll come in and hotspot off you guys. Yeah, it's very, it's very easy. You walk in, they take your passport, they do it, it's, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes and it's done. And then you, when you get back to the States, you just put your old SIM card back in and your old service will start back up. Yeah. And so you can do this to any device that has a SIM card. So like my iPad, I've done it before, do it to your cell phone. Um, it's pretty easy. Yeah. And then credit cards. Yes. Um, I use my regular credit card mm -hmm. and I don't think you even need to call anymore, but I do because yeah. then they know. I, I that forgot to do it last time and it was. And it worked. And it was, fine. It was okay. Yeah. I think now they can connect and see if. You it, were physically it, there. Or if you bought the ticket mm -hmm. on their, on your card, which uh, you often do, they can see, oh, yes. she's going to Cairo and thus. Well, and everything like you can do it now on the app on your phone yeah, and say, no, th they text you like, did you make this? For and yes. you're like, yeah, it was me. I'm in Egypt. And they're like, oh, okay. The hardest thing is if you want to bring your bank card and you want to get cash out on yes. the spot, which is yes. super convenient. And I would advise all of you to do this. There, you probably have to call your bank and say, I will be in Egypt. Yeah. Please make it so that my, my bank card will work. Yes. And if you're from some podunk, um, like little, um, what's the banks associated with universities? What oh, like uh, union, credit uh, union. Credit union, thank you. If you're from some like little credit union, that's where you're going to have trouble. Yeah. So you might want to have like a Chase Bank them. account or something that'll that'll mm -hmm. hit their ATMs and be okay. And so, yeah, so ATMs, pretty available in Egypt. Oh, yeah, everywhere. In the airport right before you leave, you can get out yeah. some money. Yeah. I will say that a lot of times, sometimes they could be empty, you know, especially on payday. Yeah. People yeah. all go and check yeah. out, you know, cash their paycheck and they get all the cash out. And Egypt is dealing with inflation yes. and... Um, 
a devaluation of the Egyptian pound. And so people are using stacks of cash to pay for things that didn't demand so and, much before. And there's a, you know, a daily limit. Yeah. And it's not that much, actually, no, because not. the Egyptian pound is worth not that much right now. So compared to the dollar, compared to the dollars. Yeah. But even within Egypt, like it's not worth that much. Yeah. So like, you know, if your daily limits six thousand dollars or six thousand Egyptian pounds and you're so like for us, the, it, the issue was our hotel guy, Mohammed, asked us to pay in cash. Yeah. And I would have just brought American if I had known in advance, but we didn't look into it. It's par partially our fault for not like contacting ahead of time. And so we were like, okay, we'll just like over the next week accumulate this in Egyptian pounds because right. you can't get American money anywhere. Right. Um, and but it took us like six days because each you know ATM only lets you take out six thousand, and we needed like thirty thousand. Right. So we had to slowly accumulate, and luckily my debit card doesn't charge ATM fees because um, I'm in, in a military credit union, oh. which is nice. So I was mainly doing it. So Jeff wasn't getting charged all these ATM fees and, you know, trans um, fees and all that. But we did find one ATM company, which is, I'll put it in the sub stack. It's like Air Colet. It's a French one. And I can see it's green and white. Lets you take out like 12,000. So certain <laughs> ones have higher limits. And like this one always had money. Yeah. So like you, we had to figure it out. But but the Egyptians are very good and they'll yell at you as you're trying to use one like that one's empty. Like go to the one around the corner because yeah. they all know you in Egypt. It's not to be mean. Assume that someone's yelling at you like in New York City yeah. and they're crazy no, was, homeless. They're always helpful. The when people are yelling at you, they're just being typical loud Egyptian. Yep. Like I'm typical loud Italian. Yep. Fine. So they're being typical loud Egyptian and they're just telling you something. They're like, no, that one's helpful. empty. Yes. And they don't want you to waste your time. And then they tell you like where the next one is. I can't tell you how many yeah. times I've seen Americans go, why are you yelling at me? And they're just like helpefully trying they're to tell you trying something to be helpful. Yeah. in their own cultural way. And, and they fine. watched a bunch of people go to this ATM mm -hmm. and it not work. And they're yeah. trying to let you know to not go to it. I mean, but bring some American. Definitely now. Bring, bring some American. Uh, or Euros. Bring if you stop through Euro. Bring a healthy stack of 10s and 20s, yes. right? Maybe 100%. even some smaller bills. Yes. You th like fives People and were wanting American money. Yeah. Like, no, because the Egyptian pound's worth nothing. But yeah. the American, it will, And people you know. are probably putting that stuff under their mattress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, especially now, bring American mm -hmm. euros mm -hmm. for sure. Um, a, more and more places are taking credit card, but I still wouldn't count on that. Yeah. Lots um, of places are cash only. Lots of places are cash only. Restaurants, for the most part, you can use a card at. Um, the more Western-facing places, obviously, take card, but definitely don't rely on, you know, even if places say they take card, like the Luxor Museum that says credit cards accepted, you try to pay with that credit card, they'll go, no credit cards. And then right. you say, it says right there, and if you push them, they'll let you pay with the credit card. But they don't want to pay but the they don't want to pay fee the fee and other things yeah so a lot of times they'll say oh the machine's broken which mm -hmm. maybe it is um but you you can push them a little and then they'll maybe do it but don't you know have cash on hand um anything else related i mean i guess you could bring like cashiers travelers checks i don't really know how those work i used to do that that's back like in so the day. beyond my time back i don't know what day, those are yes, we would go to the american express office at the 
hotel. In the same way when I used to make phone calls, I would go to the phone yeah. office at the mm-hmm. hotel and I would give them the number and they would dial it and I would go to booth number three. Oh, and wow. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. I had like a special phone card. It's crazy. There is like Western the Union. Card. Like you can send money back and forth to like, there are West, I, we were looking into those because we were like, how are we going to get all this money? Yeah. Um, and there are internet cafes because like sometimes the hotel's Wi-Fi can, can be not great. Or like the place we were staying didn't really have Wi-Fi, um, which I like. I like sometimes not having all the amenities we have mm-hmm. here. It's nice to get away and take like a step back from things. And if you have data on your phone, like I don't need Wi-Fi in the hotel type of thing then. Um, because I think Egyptians more, everyone just has data. Yeah. So like Wi-Fi is not as much of a thing. And everyone uses Same WhatsApp. in like Europe. Everyone uses Yeah, WhatsApp. everyone uses WhatsApp. So if you want to get in and contact Facebook with people. Messenger. Yep. Yeah. Um, but Wi-Fi is not as much of a thing in Europe and other countries just because data is so much cheaper there. We just charge so much for data in the States. Because we have monopolies. Yeah. And they make money off of our, our bodies and minds and labor. But very easy to have cell phones and, you know, Google Maps and all those things mm-hmm. and... Oh my God, I live and die by yeah. Google Maps in Egypt. Super, you, you need it. Because I get lost. And, mm-hmm. but, but and for, please if you be want... aware that with the amount of construction going on in Egypt, Google Maps cannot keep up with the construction. It can only be so accurate. Yeah. But, you know, if you're in Cairo and you want to use your Uber, that's, you know, having a phone with data yeah. is also helpful. Yeah. Um, I think we hit all the money things. Well, tipping. Did we talk about oh, tipping? Well, we, we did talk about Bakshis, but I think let's... We did that last let's time? Let's go over it maybe again. Okay. Um... So tipping is expected. Mm-hmm. This is easy for Americans because we also don't pay our people a living wage and thus tipping is expected to create a kind of social contract of sorts. Um, so so make sure that you have Egyptian money mm-hmm. ready to go. A lot of people like to organize their day by putting 20s in one pocket, 50s in another pocket, 100s in another you pocket. You kind of want to be sly when you're doing because it. Because you, you want to do be... it with a handshake if yeah. you can. If you can hand that money with a handshake, that works really well. Yeah. And you don't want to be digging around in your wallet like me. to pay them at the yes. end. And then yes. they can see how much money you have in there. And then you have now now you have to haggle right. type of thing right. instead of just giving them what just you want to give the them. Do handshake and yeah. know where the money is. And, that's, and, and please don't get resentful about it. No. A lot of people, particularly from Europe where the social safety net exists and where people <laughs> are not used to tipping a wait staff or... Mm-hmm a man bringing your suitcase up or, or whatever. Um, they're, they're just not used to it and they, they get very disgruntled. If you can leave that attitude at home yeah. and understand that this is the way this society works, yep. um, just, and, and remember that Jordan and I are teaching you how to go off the beaten track mm-hmm. away from the tour bus on your own, yeah. where you're interacting with Egyptian people, you're going to have to tip more. Mm-hmm. The, the tour bus dude's going to be tipping everyone, and you can it's just cool. go into the restaurant and then leave the restaurant. And have no interaction with real Egyptians. Exactly. So this is your way of actually being in the country mm-hmm. and connecting with the people. Tipping is a part of that. Yep. And some people are not meant to be tipped. You don't tip your so your civil servants. Mm-hmm. Um, you tip your guard yep. in a tomb. So you the inspector is not to be tipped. Mm-mm. But the guard who's who's there in the Galabea looking over the tomb, mm-hmm. he is maybe showing to you be things, exactly. taking you your picture with something or things and like that. If you're worried about it, you know, you can ask your Egyptian friends mm-hmm. who you will make along the way. Um, yeah. Do I tip him? Do I How not much? tip him? What yeah. do I do? They'll let you know. And that's you will also be asked, and this is not something to be super afraid of. 
for uh, to do money exchanges. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I, I do. I do too. So when friends are like, hey, do you have any dollars? I'll give you these pounds. I'm like, hells yeah, no problem or, for me. Or sometimes they're like, I have this, I've had, actually when we were there last, someone had a $10 uh, US. Yeah. And was like, I don't, can't do anything with this. And they wanted Egyptian. Oh, and then so we maybe then don't bring fives and tens. I I would say like only ones, or no, no, to get at the bank. Oh, the yes. bank probably won't change a one five or ten. No, I would do. They would probably bills. only change a twenty or above. Yeah, that's true. But he yeah. was like, I don't want to go to the bank yeah. and deal with this ten dollar US. Yeah, which is you know like two hundred and seventy or whatever Egyptian. Yeah. Like what? Which is madness. Which is like, can you? Can I give it to you? And yeah. you give me the Egyptian, and we like. Then have to negotiate the exchange rate. Yeah. I usually give them a deal because, you yeah. know, whatever. And and then we make, make the deal. But, yeah, some people will come up to you with euros or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coins. Coins. A lot of, a lot coins. of coins. Yeah. Because yeah. that's like, you know, an Egy- one Egyptian pound is like, you know, a dollar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, or um, like a hundred. Yeah. Um, so. There's all kinds of deal making happening in the on the streets and but around town. just do town. what you're comfortable and it's with. Just, and yeah, I mean, don't do any drug deals, please. No. Don't do any sex deals, no. please. Um, those things have gotten people we know into trouble mm-hmm. and I would avoid them yes. at all costs. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay, so now we're going to go back to things we forgot to mention mm-hmm. in the first episode. So mm-hmm. this now will be a hodgepodge of things. Okay. As we're racking our brains for things we wanted to mention or forgot to mention or should have mentioned um so we can go through so in last episode we talked about things to see places to stay places to eat Mm -hmm. in cairo and luxor Mm -hmm. so is there anything else we want to mention well we didn't mention a lot of medieval cairo Mm -hmm. the citadel um a lot of the different mosques um i think we did mention Khana halili Mm -hmm. but yes you know and i put the bookseller that we always go to um, um Oh, what's the name? The um the one on near Talatarb. Yep, that we always go to get our book binding, our book binder. Oh guy. no, that one near Hana mm-hmm. Halili. Yep. Yes, those handmade books. Yes, I put um, that in the Substack. Great. They have a Facebook page. Great. Oh, those are such wonderful. They're beautiful books. books. Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever I go to Egypt mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm shopping at the Han, I like to go with a friend who knows more which shops are good and can can help make connections and things like that. That's just the way I like to do it when I go on my own. You just I'm, wander. I'm wandering. I remember I last time we were there and those there were those like kids like doing like a little photo shoot in the one oh, alley yeah. we were walking through. And then yeah. they were like, hey, can you come? And then you were doing like it was like girls doing a little photo shoot and yeah. you were like in their photo shoot. That's so funny. That's true. I did. I got <laughs> that a was photo fun. shoot. Um, yeah. So so that, you know, there are other places that that you can visit. Like you can if you go to the Khana Khalili, you'll get dropped off right in front of the Hussein Mosque. Yeah. Which is. You know, you don't hear many people called Hussein in Egypt because it's a Shia name, mm-hmm. not a Sunni name, mm-hmm. different kinds of uh, Islam. And but going into the Hussein Mosque, it's a very sacred place, not just for Shias who happen to be in Egypt, but also for Sunni Egyptians. Well, isn't like the oldest uh, madrasa over there, like school? That's by the that's connected to the bookbinding place. Yes. But this okay. the Hussein Mosque is on the other, other side. side. Okay. And it's it's where Hussein's head is because he was beheaded. Wow. Um, and there are other things in that in that that mosque of great importance. But um, make sure you have a scarf with you. Yes. But go and visit. Go. It's a working mosque. You mm-hmm. know, take off your when you go to a mosque. Shoes. You take off your shoes. You are barefoot in the mosque. Don't worry about your shoes getting stolen. Put them over to the side. 
everything's going to be mm -hmm. fine. Um, you may want to wash if you're dirty. There's a place to clean yep. before you go basin, in. always a basin, yeah. Um, make sure your head is covered. And for women? For women, sometimes for men. Mm -hmm. Men might Hats, put a, yeah. a head covering on as well. Um, and go in, be very respectful, walk around, mm -hmm. and um, look at the architecture, no problem. And then when you're... Similar to going, you know, going in the Duomo in Milan. You yes. can't have shorts on. No. They make you buy those weird little roby, paper yeah. roby things you yeah. used to wear. Yeah. And being, if you know, if people are currently using, you know, the building, being quiet and mm -hmm. respectful, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know. So, so there are those things to see. The Citadel is really in a, in a different part of town. I was there once for the International Congress of Egyptologists mm -hmm. in 2019. They had a rip-roaring party at the Citadel with, nice. with uh, music, live music, a stage. It was intense. It was mm -hmm. amazing. Um, a feast of food, and it was just, it was, it was a great time. And everyone That's danced. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. Yeah, so definitely check out other parts of Cairo that aren't super ancient. And you'll see once when you're walking around medieval Cairo, you'll see hieroglyphs, blocks from yeah. the ancient, ancient stuff, you know, in the medieval Cairo buildings, which is cool to spot. Because they're and reusing see. the stone yeah. to build their so medieval city. a living city. city. Yes. So you'll see little bits of, of ancient Cairo and medieval Cairo. and One place we love so much to history go there. to is uh, the cities of the dead, mm -hmm. which are rather under siege these days because they're building freeways all around yeah. them. Yeah, it's near the airport. Construction. Yeah. And so it's it's hard because you don't know what's being taken down and what's not. But these cities to the dead are medieval to modern cemeteries mm -hmm. of wealthy elite yes. Egyptians, who some of whom are considered sheikhs, like mm -hmm. sacred people, um, some of important whom are very ancestors. important leaders. Yeah. They're important ancestors. And families have... A section where their family tomb is. Like a mausoleum. Like their crypt, yeah. yes. And their Reminds dead me of are, like New Orleans. Kind of. Like New Orleans cemetery. Because the dead have to be buried within three days with mm -hmm. the face covered by dirt. You don't have to be mm -hmm. in direct contact with the earth, unlike the ancient Egyptian way. And when you go to the cities of the dead, you'll be surprised to see that, that caretakers of the city live there. Mm -hmm. And they use these tombs as places of, of dwelling. Mm -hmm. That there's like post offices and shops and it's, it's alive actually history places <laughs> yeah. i mean it's amazing and there's also craft installations mm -hmm. so you know we are very interested in craft specialization of the ancient world mm -hmm. and to be able to go and see how people make inlaid wooden boxes mm -hmm. or glass blowing <laughs> or yeah you know carpentry yeah carpentry yeah. workshops there's all kinds of things going on in the cities of the dead um a cab will bring you there it might be a little hard to get a cab to take you out there's a beautiful old mosque on the inside of one of the cities of the dead that's on the one pound note. Mm. Um, I don't remember the name of it, and I apologize to all of my um, colleagues in medieval architecture because that's shameful that I don't know. But we'll look um, it up for the substack, you know, I know my ancient stuff, you guys. So we all brains have can skills. only hold so much. Yes, they can only hold so much. But so why the cities of the dead have a kind of Cairo has a fraught relationship with them? And yeah, they don't. Because there, it is a little taboo for people being to live with the dead, right? And they don't want tourists going there, really, because it's a, like a poor section of Cairo. Poor people live there. Yeah. And yet, you can buy tickets to visit these very fancy, marble-clad mm -hmm. mausoleums mm -hmm. uh, that, that are 
of great historical and cultural importance. So it's not that there isn't anything to see in the cities of the dead, but but the Egyptians, I think modern Egyptians are embarrassed at the poverty that exists in the cities of no. the dead. So I will just say that as an American um, with homeless people uh, with addictions and mental illness who have been abandoned by our society everywhere all around Los Angeles, mm-hmm. for instance, um, the cities of the dead are the opposite of shame. Mm-hmm. They're actually a place where I see people finding their way forward. Their place, yeah. With what they have. And prospering. With families, yeah. with people who are trying to make do. This isn't a place of of destitution and without people hope. People giving up, yeah. Yeah, I, I see I see more of that in the poverty here mm-hmm. um, than I do there. But, yeah. but, you know, this isn't my country. I understand that people are very sensitive about the cities of the dead. But there's it's a, a place we love to visit. There's a, you know, a beauty to it. Yes. It's, I think it's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remy has a lot of really cool photos yes. and stuff from the yes. region. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Cairo, again, I think maybe one of the things to take away from all this is that, you know, you go to Cairo once, even if you spend a week there, there's still... Oh, it's huge. You know, we've been going there for multi-weeks at a time, and you're still always discovering Cairo's a huge city. There's always still stuff to see. So Mm -hmm. in a way, it's good. You'll never really exhaust. You'll never be like, okay, I've seen everything now. I don't need to go back to this place. Mm -hmm. That won't ever happen. So, and it's, I mean, it's constantly changing too. So trying to think of anything else we forgot, major things you want to mention about Cairo or Luxor. Don't be afraid of the old elevators. You're going to (laughs) encounter many an elevator from 1950-something. 1940-something, 1930-something, 1920-something. You'll be shocked Mm -hmm. at some of the elevators that you're working with. And, um, you know, don't abuse the elevator. Yeah. They still keep them working. It's kind of like... They're really cool looking, too. An old American car in Cuba. But it's like they were, you know, built right. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't shoddily built, so they still work really well. It also shows a lack of of investment in modernizing Cairo because they're building the new many a new elevator in the new capital yeah. and in other parts of, of Egypt, yes. um, but not in downtown Cairo. So for whatever reason, there's very little investment there, mm-hmm. which is um, just really too bad. Yeah. But this I think is we what... all have a fond, it has a fond place in all of our hearts. But it's, you know, Americans have done the same. Oh, yeah. Look at downtown Detroit. I mean, left to rot mm-hmm. and, and, and you go leave it into, and you go build something. As all the white else. people went out to the suburbs and now everyone's coming back to Detroit. So this same cycle is arguably happening with Egypt now. Yeah. There is a very strong interest in a, in a suburban flight. Yes. Villas being built outside of town mm-hmm. and less investment happening within downtown spaces. I imagine they'll, uh, Egyptians will learn the same things that we have learned we that you want through. to return back. And when you do, it'll be the coolest thing on the face of the yeah. planet. Um, okay, so for the last section, let's talk about some other places we would recommend people to visit. Obviously, Cairo and Luxor are the main spots to hit. Right. Um, but if people have extra time on their itinerary, where would we suggest for them also to, to go? Well, if we start out in the Delta... Um, you could go to Tanis. Yes. Tanis is <gasps> shameful. It is shameful. Right? You would love it. And apparently they just opened up a whole new museum, mm-hmm. moved some statues around. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally changed. Put up an obelisk here Yes. There. Yep. Yeah. So we'll have to go back because when I was there, it was very, you know. Yeah. And can they you, have, go ahead. Oh, can you visit Kantir and I don't know. Taladaba? That would be cool too, though. I've never been there. I imagine you could. Hello, hummingbird. 
came oh. all the way in. Wow. Yeah, Tanis is a great place to go. Mm -hmm. We just went to um, Ismailia. 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 I think. Which, one, very interesting architecture there because of the French colonialism. They have all these oh. kind of like French, um, very like Caribbean French housing. I noticed when we were driving through with the bus and stuff, there was mm -hmm. like that one street. But a great museum. You know, you can see the Suez Canal. Um, this Malia Museum, which is great, has a lot of key pieces hidden away over there. Right. Um, probably that a lot of people don't see. Um, but cool to see the Suez Canal, too. And that big stela. The big stela. That, created um, by Darius. Darius, yeah. yes. That's very important. Um, so that's cool. Obviously, if we're still in the Delta, you want to go to Alexandria mm -hmm. if you have time. Alex is really cool. A very you know, traditionally known as a little bit more, you know, cosmopolitan and, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of Greeks lived there in the past, still do. Armenians, lived, Armenians yeah. a lot of a very um, diverse population. Mm -hmm. um, I was and only there for the like, sea. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's beaches, beach resorts. I was only there for two days, um, really like one night, two days type of thing. And you can, you know, you go to Pompey's Pillar, you can mm -hmm. see the catacombs, mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, Hellenistic um stuff to see well preserved so that that's cool and there's a beautiful greco-roman museum that's in some old villa i've um, been to alex i didn't get to go to the museum i didn't get to go to anything you cultural. can go i went to, to the, the beach and i went with museum curator friends and we just were hanging out having a yeah. vacation nothing cultural of any kind go see the new yeah. library you can mm -hmm. see where the old you know lighthouse was it's and it's very easy because it's just along like the coast so you yeah. can just walk up yeah. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty walkable. And you can take the train. Right? Yeah. They have like a little trolley too. Um, that's cute. Yeah. So it's, it's very accessible, I think. And yeah, a little bit more like resort town because mm -hmm. you're on the Mediterranean mm -hmm. and you have yeah, a lot of people on the beach and yeah. stuff like that. And then on the other side, I don't know what, like, is there a, anything, there's got to be something left of Say Sayus yeah. or Bubastis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Buto too. So those are places one could try to get mm -hmm. to. And then if you're really intrepid, you could get to Marsa Matruh, mm -hmm. which is on the western edge of the Delta. North Coast. But North, North Coast, Coast has beautiful resorts. Mm -hmm. Like amazing, and like white sand beach when resorts. When I was there, there was nothing there. <laughs> yeah. And now it's just everyone has their That's villa. That's like the place to go on, North Coast. on holiday. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. And there was a bus back in the day from Marsa Matruh to Siwa Oasis. I was just going to bring up Siwa. Which I took. Oh, wow. And it's it's a long bus ride. And Siwa is a very fun and interesting place to go to. Yeah, everyone loves Siwa. Because the whole site is UNESCO site. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, all really well preserved. It's And you can and stay in a shitty hotel. You can stay in a gorgeous eco hotel. Like boutique, yeah. Super fancy. And um, there's the Salt Lakes there. Mm -hmm. And it's just... It's it's very fancy. Cool. Same with the uh, other oases. Mm -hmm. They're definitely places. Um, a lot of them have are home to a lot of these, yeah, the boutique eco mm -hmm. tourism hotels that are very. And sometimes they get closed because remember these oases are on the western side mm -hmm. in the western desert on the way to Libya, and if there's any sort of skittishness on on the part of the army, they they, they don't will want close us out there. Off. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to police. It's hard to mm -hmm. you know. There can be, it's like the Sinai too. It's like yeah. these places that are maybe a little bit more. Have you been to the Sinai? No. No, I have not either. 
It'd be I would awesome. love to go. I would love to go. Yeah. It's just every time there's you, always yeah. a don't go here. Mm -hmm. And we, well, last time we were there in 2009, we tried to go to Cargo Oasis and we yeah. had it all planned out. We had the hotel booked and then the yeah, government was like, no, it's not safe right now because we're having like this weird issue with Libya and blah, blah, blah. Like and Turkey. within the week. Yeah. It, it was. Happened. It was so disappointing. It was, yeah. So definitely do. Now it's, now people are going back to the Oasis mm -hmm. and it seems to be fine. And mm -hmm. Actually, last time we were there, we ended up talking to Hamdi's uncle, who was ac spent a lot of time in New York, and he said next time to talk to him because and Muhammad said the same thing that they would get us out to the Oasis. Oh, really? So and it would be no trouble. Yeah, they said no problem. Oh, so that's great. we should have done it for so, Luxor. That, we were in Luxor. We were in Luxor, we but we didn't Luxor. do it through like a hotel. Okay. So I think just like Muhammad would set it up for us, and right. I think it would be smoother there. Okay. We were trying to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. So having people who know the system, who to call, how to get it set up. We have to get our little police escort. Yeah. Like, I think all that stuff, so. And there's beautiful temples in many of these oases. Oh, yeah. Dakla, Karga, mm -hmm. other places, so. And so like Oasis culture is different. Mm -hmm. um, different food. Yeah. Um, and if you want to do more, you know, like, if you're more into like backpacking and camping and stuff, you can do like these camping excursions out into the desert. I did one. That are I, really cool. Yeah, I slept underneath the stars. On my camel I'm sure it's blanket, beautiful. it was gorgeous. It was cold. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would do it again. Yeah. Maybe I'd do a bougie camping experience. I was gonna say instead. like a little glamping mm -hmm. more so. I would do like, some glamping. Yeah, I would do some glamping. This was rough. I right. sleep in a car. <laughs> and then on the other coast, <laughs> yes. right? If we're yeah. there, that's we'll the eastern west, desert. Western desert. The eastern desert. You can go out to the Red Sea, which is also beautiful. Great coral reefs if you're into diving. Sharm el Sheikh, Hurghada. There's tons yeah. of resorts. Pick one. That's where everybody goes yeah, anyway. That's and yeah, you can go snorkeling, diving. Like great coral reefs that are still And just hang well. out at the at yeah. the spa mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And enjoy. Um, Those are for relaxing. We do it very rarely. I've never been. You've never been? No. I've been twice and mm -hmm. it was always like a one day after the dig kind no. of thing. I always so. just prioritize everything else. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Um, so outside of, so if we're moving south, obviously yeah. like Fayum's a cool place to visit. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to visit. Yeah. You, you'd want to drive there and you'd need a driver who knew what they were mm -hmm. doing. I mean, the northern part of Fayum is easy. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to Lisht or Dashur and then Lisht on yeah. the way, it, this is not so hard. Yeah. Um, you should be able to see the pyramids at Dashur of... Um, the Old Kingdom, Snefru, and then the 12th Dynasty, Amenemhet, yeah. and Simwaster III. So that, that should be pretty easy. Uh, and Lish, I'm not sure if you're able to visit the pyramids of Simwaster I and Amenemhet I. I don't know if you can. You can probably drive by and look at them, Maybe. but not stop. And then further south, you know, with the Lake Karun and all of this, mm -hmm. I think this is harder to get to. Yeah, but I think there are some hotels and stuff. So mm. I'm sure if you booked a hotel, they would be able to help. That's arrange true. transport and get you there and all these things. And so, so listen to what Jordan says. The hotel is your friend yes. and the hotel will help you get all the So things. I know there's lots of like, again, hiking excursions out to like waterfalls and these types of things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely the hotels in most cases, like the one hotel I'm thinking in Dakla Oasis, they like charter a flight for people out to the oh, hotel. Wow. So they arrange it all for you. Yeah. So do find the place you're going to stay first and then I'm, they'll know how to get you there. Right. So... Um, yeah, Fayum's cool. Middle Egypt is is great. It's awesome. I don't think a lot of, not enough of us have spent time there. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, like Amarna, hitting up Amarna if you can. 
and and Abidos, if you can. Uh, yeah, Abidos. Um, what's um, across from Walmart? Now? Further down, um, um, Hermopolis. Hermopolis. Hermopolis is, is great. great. Um, and so maybe these can be arranged if you're doing like a Nile cruise. When I've done Middle Egypt, I've only been able to do it you as drive. part of a group. Yes, as yes, a yes, group. yes, yes, yes. Yep. Um, we, we did it though, didn't no, we? I've never been. We went did to Abydos. We, we went to Abydos, yes. but we did that from Luxor. Yes, and we that drove was up set and down. For yeah, us. and then we did Dendera. We, we went Dendera and down. Yeah. But I know people who've done Amarna, which mm -hmm. is... and Amarna I've only done as a group. They've driven. Yes. And then they had trouble on the way back because they were like, where were you and why? And you're coming back into Cairo and all this stuff. So yeah, that you want to definitely set up. And again, go to the hotel. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they have tour groups that are going to Amarna. Yeah. There's a great museum there now. Yeah. It's just been restored. I haven't seen it. Um, I'm, I've never been to Amarna. I would love to go. It's amazing. So all of Middle Egypt's cool. Yeah. Um, Amarna has the main like palaces and temples mm -hmm. in the main city of Akhenaten reconstructed yeah. on foundations that Barry Kemp has put mm -hmm. together, which is very helpful. So and you understand what's museum. where. Yeah, it's very tourist friendly. There's... And then there's two areas of tombs mm -hmm. that you can go see. Yep. And I think the Royal Tomb and the Royal Wadi is open for tourists too, maybe. I don't know. No. Um, Nick would know. Yeah. And and then heading further down, yeah, Abydos is Dendera. wonderful. Abydos you have to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dendera, Edfu. Um, and this is where the Nile cruise Armand. comes in. Yeah, so you, you want to hit up all these places. You can get a smaller boat. And if you want to be really bougie, you want to be <laughs> super fancy, I would look up a Dahabea mm -hmm. and I would get like seven, eight of your friends and put have together it to a Dahabea and you would have a nice little, it's not going to be cheap but it's not probably not going to be as expensive as you think be a couple grand a person but yeah. for the whole like all-inclusive yeah you know and you'd have that whole boat to yourselves you would have a lot more freedom and you would be able to go up or down the nile as you choose mm -hmm. um it might be nicer for you to fly to aswan get your dahabea there and, go and then take sail it the other way downstream exactly um but it's it's a really nice way to mm -hmm. travel and you have your tiny little rooms and I think you everyone gets their own little loo, but it's it's a nice fancy little yeah, way no, to they're, travel. They're, and they're so cute and yeah. it's a good way to see because you could stop places like just for the day. Yeah. And then you already have somewhere to, and then you know, you travel overnight. So then you wake up every morning in someplace new. Yeah. And it's a great way of seeing Egypt that is so linear. Yeah. Um, you know, it makes it nice and easy and it's beautiful sailing down the yeah. river. It's calm, you know. So I think that's a good way to like hit all the spots right. that maybe you nece wouldn't necessarily like be able to not get to driving, but it would be just kind of out of the way. Right. And driving can be an issue too, because sometimes there's a desert road you maybe can take, which is very fast. You can get somewhere instantly or no, you have to take the local road that has a speed bump every five feet mm -hmm. and it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And there's always <laughs> a police check. You're yes, always there's all these police stopped. checks. And if they know there's... Americans about, and then you got to hand your passports and over. You got to look there into for it, minutes, and you wait yeah. and wait, and they've got to check. And who are these people? Mm -hmm. And and then you get to go on your way. And so they want to make sure fast. you're coming back, so yeah. they want to look into you. Yeah. So sometimes having these cruises or other like tour trips can be good because it's yeah. it's scheduled out for you. And then if you're late, you're sitting there on the Nile drinking yeah. a drink. Who cares? It's not, a, and you're just sitting on your little chaise lounge mm -hmm. reading a book, and yeah. hey. Yeah. So yeah, outside of Luxor, we have Armand, Esna. Mm -hmm. They have new new temples to Esna's see. Esna's a great temple. Esna is recently um, conserved too, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. Obviously, Edfu, Horus Temple. Is in the middle of the town. 
and you have to kind of go it's it's like underneath mm-hmm. well it's, so you have to like because the town has grown up yeah elevation wise yeah. but the temple's at the old elevation right. so it's reset like when you're in italy or something and you see the old churches like right. reset into the ground right so you have to kind of walk old. down into the temple and it's it's a very so that's cool place. um edfu's great yeah then obviously, you know, Kamumbo and Aswan, mm-hmm. major, like, great places to also, Aswan especially, I've never been. Aswan is different. Aswan is, is Nubian, and, mm-hmm. and the Nubian people have their own culture, their own food, their own dress, and it is... Nubian museums there. Yes, it's a different fantastic. kind of place, and it's, um, it's wonderful to get the understanding of how diverse Egypt mm-hmm. actually is. So I would encourage a trip to, to Nubia. Yeah, Elephantine. Mm-hmm. File. File. And then obviously we want to go like super far south. You can go to Abu Simbel. Mm-hmm. Which most people fly to. Yes. I don't think, do they even have the buses anymore that they used to have? I I wonder. It was like a five-hour bus ride or something. We'd have to ask Megan how she did because I think they did a day trip from Aswan. Oh, really? And I wonder how she ended up going. They probably flew. Yeah. That seems to be what most people I mean do. that's yeah it's like a half hour flight yeah you're up you're down um makes the most sense yeah and then seeing that temple is an impressive thing mm-hmm. and remember that you're not seeing the actual temple mountain they've moved and created a fiberglass mountain yep. so that they could take they could cut that temple out of the live rock when they flooded mm-hmm. Lake Nasser when the Aswan High Dam was put up yeah and so it's a a manufactured space, but you get the grandeur of the they temple. They keep the orientation and stuff the same. Yes. And there's actually like really great YouTube videos of them cutting up, yeah, and like re a you UNESCO know constructing yeah. the site, and it's just insane. Yeah, it's just like, one of those shows of like of like human ingenuity. Like yeah. if something has to be done, like yeah. we can make it happen. And it's like one of those things that you're like, we made that happen. Even it's, though it it's seems kind, the kind of thing I imagine when Los Angeles runs out of water yeah. and they're going to have someone to will come happen. up with a solution. We're going to have to make that yeah. happen. Something's going to happen. And have it to was the similar thing, right? Yeah. And it's and then other temples were moved and, and they're in a lot of museums around mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. as gifts to ha- for helping. Like Dender Temple in Dender, um, a, a Temple of Elysia in Turin. There's a temple in Leiden. And one in Barcelona. Uh huh. Mm. I think that's it. Uh, there might be another, but I'm Leiden, not sure. Leiden, Turin, Barcelona, Met. Yeah. But yeah, so a lot of these temples, these smaller temples were gifted um, for helping, but a lot of them are underwater. Yeah. Other ones were moved. Yeah. Like Philae. And people do like Nasser tours mm-hmm. as well, which I have never done. You can no. go to yeah. uh, Soleb mm-hmm. um, and Abu Simbel, and there's tons of other, temp- of other yeah. temples around. Yep. The lake that you can visit. Crocodiles. Many of them have been moved. Yep. Um, so so think of a Lake Nasser tour if you have yeah. more time. That's supposed to be really fancy and really fun. I'm sure. I've never done yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you could, I feel like, just spend time, you know, a week down south. Right. Like south-south. Right. And do all that. Um, um, yeah. So anything we did we did coasts we did the north we did the middle and we did the south i think those are all the places that we've been or have more intimate knowledge with mm-hmm. i mean obviously there's always more to discover in and there's um desert trips i don't do the four wheelie like i'm going to drive yes, my car ATV, in the desert and yeah. ruin everything but there are trips that you can do to see caves rock formations mm-hmm. oh, yeah. whale bones it's great like neolithic mm-hmm. uh, paleolithic evidence out naptaplia mm-hmm. uh the valley of the whales which i'm forgetting the name in arabic oh yes um 
but it translates yes. to the Valley of the Whales, where they have all these uh, whale skeletons from when the Sahara used to be underwater. Yeah. Um, there's also cool, like, rock formations um, out in the desert um, that are that are great. Also, and you can book, like, say you're at Aswan or Luxor, you can book a four-day Western desert, desert excursion, excursion or yep. Eastern desert excursion mm -hmm. to go out and see some of these things, camp out in the desert. Yep. And that people have a lot of fun yeah. doing things yeah. like that. I would love to do that. Yeah. I feel like that's our, our cue. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they're playing. <laughs> they're playing. Okay. Um, but that's, I think that's, I think we covered most of the things. Um, maybe as we get feedback from everyone else, if we want, if they want us to focus in on anything else, um, we can maybe revisit things too as, as things open up. Maybe once the demo opens officially, yeah. we can yeah. touch back on things. But yeah. I think this is a pretty good a good coverage mm -hmm. of everything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, don't be afraid of going to Egypt without a tour. No. Do it. Mm -hmm. It's it's really fun. And you, if you show up, you as you could go alone. You could go with a couple, um, two people. You can go three or four. But, but do go in a small group and then find your way using the hotels that are there yeah. as your base. And even a small hotel is going to help set you up with mm -hmm. what you need. And use the hotel to determine the cost of your excursions. Because if you're at the Four Seasons, yes. your excursion will cost as much as the Four Seasons. It's going to be equated to right. that hotel. So yeah. if you're staying at a two-star hotel, your excursion will be along those lines. And that's yeah. fine, too. Which is good in yeah. most cases. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you all. And I hope this was helpful for you. And um, please do let us know if you have any other questions or things you want us to cover. Yeah, give us, our... give us some more specific questions yeah. and we can hit that in a part three yep. and um, think about what else there is to, to discuss that Jordan and I could give yeah. insight into. Like, you know, I think we could talk at more length about how to work through a site yeah. without getting overwhelmed. Yes, I think that's how good. How do you we can use learn a... about it? What guidebooks do you mm -hmm. use? When every temple starts to look the same, how do you find the, the interest yes. in it? How do you differentiate? How do you engage with it? Yeah. Exactly. So how do you engage with these spaces? Because when you're seeing temple after temple, tomb after tomb, how do you go about that? How do you, you not just like glaze over? Yeah. How do you not glaze over? How do you? How do you, you can't make the read most of the glyphs? Yeah, yeah. You can't like know what's going on in the scene. Yeah. So maybe we'll help you to to engage with mm -hmm. the material so you get the most out. I like of that. It. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that sounds good. Yeah. 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 How to consume these places? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, well, this was fun. Good, good. Always, always. This is... After Lives of Ancient Egypt. We'll see you guys next time. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Thank you to our listeners for your support, and please subscribe. It's a big deal with all the platforms, so subscribe. If you enjoyed the show, share it with all your friends, and most importantly, leave us a five-star review. It really helps with all those aforementioned platforms. Send all those ancient world questions and topic suggestions for future episodes to karakuni at gmail.com. We read them all. You can find info on all my books, articles, and upcoming lectures on my website. Just head to karakuniegyptologist.com. Amber puts all that together. Oh my God, thank you, Amber. Join our vibrant and subversive online community at patreon.com slash afterlives and get access to our private Discord server where Jordan and I can connect with our listeners far, far away from all those toxic social media spaces. And do not forget to check out our Substack Ancient Now at ancientnow.substack.com. 
where we share perspectives on all that history and archaeology news every week and continue the conversations that happen after the podcast mic is turned off. You can find me on Facebook at Kara Cooney Egyptologist and on Twitter and Instagram at Kara Cooney. Thanks to the team at Patina Productions for this podcast, which I must point out is wholly separate from my academic work at UCLA. See you next time on Afterlives of Ancient Egypt.